When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Countdown to kickoff. We're all counting. 58 days, right? Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Wonderful to be back. I've missed you and appreciate you tuning in. Numbers to find us at 466-3776-466-37-76-800-825-5865. 5865. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Here's what we have going. In about 20 minutes, Mr. Husker Football Mike Babcock will be with us. We will uh, talk some Nebraska football. We'll talk uh, with Babbers about that. A lot of golf news going on and uh, Wilderness Ridge's Mike Shuart. Shuey is in. In about 30 minutes, we'll get Chewy's take on things. And then Mitch Sherman. We missed Mitch yesterday from The Athletic. We'll talk some O-line and some in-state recruiting with Mitch. And we'll do a jock doc with Dr. Brandon. What's uh, the prognosis on Bryce Harper? So that is on the way. So yesterday we had a best of. Big thanks to Elijah and Will for getting that knocked out, put together. Who did you who did you have yesterday? So we, we had a ton. Everything from uh, we kicked off with Ron Brown. Okay, Coach Brown. We had Tom Osborne. Coach Osborne, okay. Tom Rathman. So we had two, two Toms. Parts, <laughs> two parts with Tom Rathman. Tom so, Rathman was great. So three total segments with Tom. Okay. But two two with Tom Rathman. Uh, we had a, a little hit on Greg Smith whenever he joined us Monday yep, to good. discuss uh, some busy meeting. Busy recruiting calendar. Mm-hmm. So we you uh, talked to Greg Monday with Coach McBride, right? So we threw that in, and what's the one I'm forgetting? There's uh, one... That was on the doc. So you called an audible. We were going to run some uh, some Eric Dickerson and uh, Coach McCartney, and you're like, no, we're doing all Husker Tuesday, yeah, which is much, good, pretty which much. is fine. Pretty, well, which yeah, because is... you sent me that one from a couple of years ago, and I went, I was going to mix it all in, and then I was looking back, and just to make the timing work, I went, you know what? Let's do May. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do May of 2022. That's <laughs> what you thought. You had a late night. We we landed uh, from we 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 traveled. Back yesterday from Winston Salem to Greensboro, and from Greensboro to Charlotte, from Charlotte to Omaha, from Omaha to Lincoln, and then from Lincoln back to Omaha for baseball last night. Junior had a doubleheader; they went one and one. Uh, tough second ball game where they played down to their competition and. It got a little ugly. They got beat by a team they shouldn't have no business losing to, but I'm sure they'll they'll learn from it in practice today. You were were a little bit out west in the great town of York. 
Yes. So you were you were umping last night out in New York. Yeah, in the in the shadow of the water tower. So that's okay. a joke. You could not see the water tower from where I was, but I did take an absolutely nasty fastball off the inner thigh. Oh, <laughs> I already took one in the exact was it same like, spot. Uh, was it like Happy Gilmore, where you know, okay, he got cut from hockey, so now he jumps in front of the pitching machine with with no protection. That's what it feels like sometimes. Only a hundred, you know, three hundred and sixty-four more days till hockey tryouts. That's that's honestly at times what it feels like back. So you just the got plate. smoked down there. Yeah, you want to see it? No, I no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And this was after this weekend. I, I took one. It was go back on vacation. It, it, it wasn't as hard uh, over the weekend. I took one in the like telling you the exact same you guys spot. Just, you guys do get beat up, but here's the thing: there are some umps who milk it, and then there are some. Who, who you to me you seem like the John Wayne type of umpire. Oh, yeah. No right. one on that field knew I got hit. No, you walk it off. You're biting your bottom lip. There maybe a tear or two, but you turn. You walk it off like a man, and then you uh, you get back behind the plate and do your job. Yeah, the, the only person I think who knew I got hit was the catcher. Because... Did he hear the scream? <laughs> no, he heard me like the that that quick sharp exhale whenever like uh, yeah. 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 yeah 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 he heard that and then he, you okay? Went, yeah, I'm fine. And that was it. <laughs> Moved on. And then I, I uh, took the umpire pants off after the game and looked down and went, oh, my God. Yeah. It's That's- purple and huge, and we need ice. Yep. Now, I uh, got to say thanks to my family and loved ones, uh, Audrey Schmidt, Joe Mama, my lovely wife, Erin, and, of course, uh, Calvin Klein, uh, Tommy and Kevin Klein, uh, family friends that went out to, to Winston-Salem. We had sportscaster of the year awards and I feel like I'm just on top of a mountaintop bragging. I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of it. I'm very uh, blessed to to have great folks that have uh, taught, mentored and uh, paid it forward. I'm blessed to have great folks I work with here at Hale Varsity and Alpha and just uh, it was a it was a wonderful weekend of celebration and some of the who's who in the world of sports and journalism were were out in Winston-Salem. In introducing, inducting some incredible folks to the Hall of Fame, but also, uh, you know, the awards. Uh, Scott Van Pelt was incredible. Ernie Johnson, a stand-up dude. And then I tell you what, uh, Charles Barkley, I, I had a chance to, to say hi to my wife was like, you're getting a picture with Charles. And I'm just like, well, you and you and Audrey can go get your picture with Charles. I love him. I'm a fan, but. It's kind of weird, you know. At some point, you stop air quote asking for autographs, <laughs> right? And I and I didn't, but I'm like, well, he knows Jabba. He likes Frosty. Let's let's talk some Oscar football. So we we got a chance to do that, and Charles was gracious enough. But my wife's like, you're getting a picture. My wife, uh, similar to when she wanted her picture with Izzo, uh, threw people out of the way. So. You stand there. I was like, whatever you want, dear. Uh, so, and Charles was scared, too, of my wife. Uh, but we got the picture, and it was good to be out there. Thanks for uh, everyone listening and, uh, and uh, you know, supporting. Appreciate you much. You know he's not having a good uh, Tuesday, had a worse Monday, and is kind of squeamish about midweek here. P.J. Fleck, mm. we will dive into some Nebraska topics with Babbers, but you've got a former player on Twitter that is making it his personal mission. This is Val Martin 
to let the world know about P.J. Fleck. This started, Elijah, yesterday. It's a blur. I, I didn't lock in or plug in much to what's going on in the world of sports yesterday as we were traveling. But give us a little bit of a backstory here. This, this shocks me. This is one of the screenshots from earlier in the day. And this is from a former player, and it's all anonymous except for, for Val Martin uh, because Val's no longer a gopher. But it's funny how Fleck wouldn't let you go volunteer at the children's hospital unless the cameras were there. Uh, He refused. My friend worked at the hospital and refused him entry to a room because she didn't want the sick kid she was taking care of to be exploited. There uh, are definitely more authentic coaches out there. That's always been a question. Uh, on on Fleck. Now, when he sits down with us at Media Days, we've been lucky the last two or th- two to three years. We've had 10, 15 minutes with him. And, yeah, the guy can flip a switch and be charismatic, and he's wonderful with the media, and he gets buy-in. Here's what I know about Fleck. Whether he's injured, whether his team's injured or or not, whether they play for him or play in spite of him, he has buttons that he can push, and so far so good in his tenure at Minnesota with pushing the right buttons on his lines of scrimmage, on who his running backs are, on who his wideouts are. He wins ball games. He plays physical football. They play tough football. They don't, they don't ever really get blown out. How authentic is he? Uh, that's that's a wonderful question. Wonderful debate, Elijah. What do you think about the the, the Twitter? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll side start. of this with with uh, with Vic Martin. Is it an axe to grind player or no? Uh, people don't like playing for him, but listen, he he holds my career in his hands, so. We're going to just keep on rowing the boat. Yeah, well, I started off by thinking yesterday, uh, This Val Martin put it up uh, yesterday afternoon saying, I'm not going to lie, the worst thing I probably ever did was go to the University of Minnesota. He's a guy who started out at NC State, transferred uh, to Minnesota, uh, I think in 2020. And uh, has since uh, it's a bad year to do it, but was on a team that that came into Lincoln with thirty players, thirty five players, because mm-hmm. everyone else had COVID and they won. And he went on to say, "Fleck is a hell of a car salesman." It's crazy because <laughs> when I go places, people ask me, "Where well, how's Fleck?" And I just say, "He's different," and they laugh. And so, that's all you can say. But but then people, uh, former players, all started reaching out to him. Uh, some anonymously, some uh, not anonymously, but he kept all their uh, identities private mm-hmm. with their stories of, yeah, every single time you went into a team meeting and, and Fleck walked in, it was team policy. Everyone had to stand and give him a standing ovation as he Jeez. walked into a team meeting. Uh, let's see. Nobody on the current roster will come out and say bleep about their own coach, so that's why I decided to DM you. Uh, he's currently on the team, this guy. Uh, he, can, he has the power whether you play or not. Uh, yeah, this, this, that's what, that is what's miserable about the situation. We all know it, and it hurts that we have to be silent, but we will all stand up for him because we want to play. It's not about him when we have his back. It's about us. Yeah, it's about us wanting to play. I wonder if this, because uh, uh, what, what do we figure out? The 25th and 26th of, of July or Big Ten Media Days will be on the road for that. I wonder if it gets addressed. Uh, and if not, if he sits down with us, we'll ask him about it. Because uh, you don't, you don't want a mutiny. You don't want someone that's disgruntled to make a mountain out of a molehill. Someone can have a bad experience, totally. 
you can have a bad experience. Is that one in a hundred or is it uh, part of the ninety nine? And that's the, the question. Well, uh, a, a message in uh, from another uh, anonymous. He's an alumni now, but he says, just like how the reporters and fans don't know about the Bates, Winfields, Johnsons, Bells, uh, Moes, Big Dans, Mafes, just to name a few well-known starters who all do not like PJ and have been through it, but won't say anything unless it's in the locker room or behind closed doors. I mean, those are the, the best players PJ's had. No, yeah, that's, during an, his that's time NFL dudes. Yeah. Bates, Winfield, Mafe. Uh, Mo is going to be in the. Uh, that's Mo Ibrahim, I believe. Yeah, I- Ibrahim's going to be sixth year, and you know he's coming back from the Achilles. Uh, well, that's this is also summertime, and someone uh, with a Twitter account. I, I love Flex reaction to this, and, and he probably won't give it time of day. I I wouldn't if if I'm a head coach, uh, but uh, we'll see if if there's more smoke to this. Um, listen, you have other coaches that respect his results, but maybe not his methods. Uh, and, and we'll just leave it at that. Husker football on our mind. And over the, uh, uh, the time I was away, you had New Ely come out on social media and step forward and say, listen, I made a mistake. I think Nuri's a good dude. I always enjoy his honesty. I enjoy his candor. And most importantly, I enjoyed watching him play guard. I look forward to him playing on Nebraska's offensive line again. Nebraska's also got he has his back with the misstep with the uh, the failed drug test. Don't exactly know. It never really has come out yet, has it, Elijah? The, the specifics. Mm-mm. So but to, to read between the lines, the NCAA levying the suspension, not the university, makes me. Think some things, and I'm not going to throw any speculation out there. But that's fine. That, that's different than what you'd usually expect from a, a positive drug test. For the most part, it's usually a violation of team rule suspension from the yeah. team. And this one comes from the NCA, so right. make of that and, what you will. And and the 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 thing that that has happened, you can take a supplement, and that supplement can fall into gray area, or you're you're done for a year area. Mm-hmm. And this is not 19. Where am I going to go with this? This isn't 1980 Russia, where everyone's a, a lab rat with a spike. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a far cry from 40 years ago with the the garbage uh, people were injecting into themselves. It's you would think it's a far cry from HGH and baseball mm-hmm. steroids and growth hormone. My my guess, and again, no authority, no inside info. This is probably a supplement. That you, that you purchase or maybe have purchased over the counter that you, you can't take and bang, there it is. It, it, it's like something that's legal for for you or I to for take. you or I to take. But then as soon as you get into athletic competition, I mean that's happened before with UFC fighters. Sean O'Malley was in that boat. Uh, Ryan Braun, uh, the same thing a couple of years ago, at yeah. least according to his defense. Uh, you mean the Milwaukee you, guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to his defense, was something that was in a a supplement and it wasn't on the the ingredients list and he got popped for it. So. There are things like that out there, and that's kind of where my mind goes, and I don't want to speculate too much here, but all I know is Nuruddin Nueli not going to be back till 2023. But if there is any positive take out of this, I mentioned this to Will on Monday, uh, you're giving your, your starting D-line a great look throughout the year of uh, a high-level Big Ten lineman who's been there and done that. you gotta, you got to give them some experience, but overall, I mean, that doesn't take away from how much this is going to hurt the offensive line. Well, and, and that's where we go with Babbers here coming up in uh, about four minutes. 
is Nebraska's offensive line, what do you do at guard? Uh, the, the, the tackle spots are unsettled, but there are at least names you want to ink in, not necessarily just pencil in. But where do you where do you go with the musical chairs on the offensive line? Uh, that's going to be key. That is going to be the engine that uh, is make or break for Nebraska football. So we'll spend some time on the O-line. Mitch Sherman is coming up in less than an hour as well. We'll talk a little golf on the way with uh, Mike Shuhart. can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com, and follow us at different channels and platforms to do so. At Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, that's me on Twitter. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal on Twitter. And uh, follow uh, the main channels as well at ESPN Lincoln and at Hale Varsity. Uh, Recruiting, we'll dive into some legacy thoughts as well with the uh, commitment of Maverick Noonan. We'll talk to, to Babbers about Papa Newton, who was an incredible player. That's on the way. Great to be with you on a Wednesday at Tail City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Calling all Storm Chasers fans. A team you never get to see is making their way to Werner Park June 7th through the 12th, and that's the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. It's the first meeting between the two franchises, and there's plenty going on that week. June 9th is the Chasers community celebration for Pride Night, presented by PayPal. June 10th is What If Night, where the Storm Chasers will change their name to the Hogs. A little backstory, that was a previous Omaha team and was a potential name change when the franchise was looking to rebrand. It's a battle of pigs versus hogs. You can't have a name change without new jerseys too. Specialty jerseys will be worn that night. And of course, they'll be autographed and auctioned off. Snag your favorite player June 10th and then run it back on the 11th. It's Salute to Corn Night presented by the Nebraska Corn Board. It's a celebration of all things corn. Corn on the jerseys, corn in the stands. Trust me, this game will be amazing. See you there. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks for your time. Great to be back with you. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Stream us live, Facebook Live, ESPN Lincoln, Twitter, at ESPN Lincoln. It's that time for Mr. Husker Football. Mike Babcock with us. Babbers, uh, tell me about the Grateful Dead hat. Love that. You got the lid on. Is that uh, a concert purchase? Was that a concert purchase? Uh, no. no. Okay. Okay. That was an online purchase to go with uh, two or three others that I have. I like it. It's good stuff, man. Uh, four or five others that I have. Yeah. I love it. Just four or five. Do you have a Do you have a, a, a Grateful Dead hat collection going on, or no? Other than no, that? no, I no, I don't. Uh, in terms of a, the specific collection thing, no, I don't. Okay, but I do have enough that I could call the collection if I wanted to. My wife wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> well, let's uh, start off. I want to get your take on on Maverick Noonan and and Danny Noonan. Uh, that was the news towards the end of the week. I'm, I'm back in, in the saddle here and want to get your take on, on Danny Noonan when he was at Nebraska and, and another legacy Cornhusker get. It's uh, been more common. You have more and more former players that have kids that have ended up in Lincoln. 
And uh, it was it was a big in-state get, Mike, for Nebraska to land Maverick Noonan, as talented as he is. But uh, you want to talk about good stock. Daddy was uh, one heck of a player, first-round pick for Dallas. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska played that 52 or, I, I don't know, 50 front, whatever mm-hmm. they call it. 5-2 defense. He was in the middle of it and uh, just a dominant player, really could dominate from that position. And, I, you know, I was glad to see. I, I haven't seen Maverick Noonan play, but I know that he comes from good stock and, and uh, I'm sure that he's been brought up the right way. So um, that was a big uh, – I, I was really happy to see that, that, it, that he committed to Nebraska. Um, if he's anything like his dad, as in Turner, um, Nebraska got a really good one. What what do you remember about Danny and what I have my notes down here? Those McBride defenses in the fifty two to stop the old wishbone, right? You had Neil Smith, you had Broderick Thomas, <laughs> you had Danny Noonan, all so in some instances top six picks and or top twelve picks. I mean, you had a run of first round defensive line talent on the edge or on the interior. Uh, for about a six, seven-year spurt. Yeah, it, you know, that's true. And I'm trying to think the uh, time frame. Uh, Jim Scow was another one of those guys yeah. that uh, he, w- he, wasn't, he wasn't like a huge guy, but he was like, he was like Danny Noonan in the sense of 100 miles an hour, 100% on every play, um, just a, a grinded-out type of player. And... Um, uh, Tackles for loss and sacks, you know, were part of what he brought to the brought to the defense, and and uh, that's the way Danny Noonan was. I mean, you had to, as an offensive line, you had to be aware of that guy in the middle, and uh, you could double team him. Sometimes you'd have to, you'd have to figure out a way to keep him out of you, out of your backfield, and he could control some linemen uh, from that position. Mike Babcock is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at MDBabs on Twitter. Mike, uh, I want to switch gears, get some thoughts on uh, the uh, musical chairs on the offensive line with the New Ely announcement, and give us your thoughts here. What's uh, what's Raiola looking at here from a, from a puzzle piece standpoint? Well, you know, first of all, I was, I was disappointed, and I think you guys kind of talked about some of the possibilities. I don't, I'm not sure that he exactly knew what it was that uh, was going to cause him to have mm-hmm. to miss a seat uh, with the Huskers. But um, so you got Brock Bando, uh, you've got uh, Pipe, Piper could play over there, right? I mean, he, we were looking, I was kind of looking at him as he and Hickson were kind of handling that center position. Oh, I think Turner Corcoran could move in there at guard. Um, I think, you know, he, he, he's versatile enough. And if you've got some depth at tackle, um, you don't need Corcoran to tackle. You move him in there. Uh, or uh, wasn't one of the transfers. I, I'm thinking it was – I'm thinking it's Williams, but maybe I've got that wrong. No, Ke- um, Kevin Williams is a guard. Kevin Williams is a guard, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got some guys – you've got some uh, possibilities there. But, um, yeah, when, uh, when fall camp begins now, there's a – there's something that you have to prepare for that you didn't expect that you're going to have to prepare for. And you, you know, it's what we always say, you got to get that offensive line together. You've got to have the kind of offensive line that can get the job done. Um, It's going to impact all the, you know, Casey Thompson, how how does he perform? 
whether they have a solid guy at running back. Um, is there time for the quarterback to look for receivers to get those passes off? It's such an important part of what they're what they're going to do in the fall. And now you've got that piece that you got to identify. Mike, with, with how much we've seen guys like Brock Bando and Ethan Piper, not necessarily starting but playing in spot roles, we know what they bring to the offensive line. Do you think it's, it's a big win for Nebraska if a guy like Henry Latovsky goes out and wins that starting job in the fall? I mean, uh, the, the, the opportunity is there for him. It sounds like the Husker coaching staff has liked what they've seen from a guy like Latovsky, and uh, it, it could be a time for him to, to live up to that high billing he had in, in the recruiting cycle and come in and win his starting job. Yeah, well, I think there's a you know there's a possibility. That's that's another thing that uh, I think is good about this that there's still competition. You know that you've got some veteran guys that didn't say, well, hey, look, I'm going to go into the transfer portal and find somewhere else to play because uh, you know whatever. I mean, they're still in there competing, and then you've got younger guys in competing for that job. So the competition part of it, um, I feel good about. It's just can somebody step up and get that job done? Because I think you have to have a clearly identified guy in that position. And then you've got to have another guy, at least one guy that can play either side at guard uh, as a, as someone that you would put in there on a regular basis um, to give a break to the guys that are of the starters. So um, you're really looking at a guy to fill that position. You've got the other guard, and then you've got to find that swing guard that, that can give you some depth. Do you remember talking with old Milt uh, Jennifer when it came to, years where there was some uncertainty and and how did how did he sift through it i want i want to ask that question because nebraska always babbers seemed to reload on the line and milt and dan young made it look way easier than it probably was well it's such a different time and you that's the thing i mean you you said milt and dan young they always had two offensive line coaches two coaches working with those five guys and the number of players you could have on the roster was different, was significant. You could have more players on the roster. You had more walk-on players. So when you went to practice, you'd set up as many as four stations. I mean, you'd have four offensive lines working uh, on any given day at practice. And so you'd have a guy that uh, he was down the line in terms of where he fit on the depth chart, but he was getting reps in that offensive line so that when something happened, to one of the starters, it wasn't like you were bringing in somebody that had no idea what was going on. And they did try to do, there were situations where they tried to rotate guys in. Like I said, you always had at least three guards. You always had at least three tackles. Center was one position that you didn't rotate. But in practice, you still had those stations where that that guy that was a center, there was a second team guy and a third team guy and a fourth team guy. They were all getting reps in practice on a regular basis. Um, made it a much different kind of a situation for coaches like uh, Milt Temper and Dan Young, both of whom are working with the offensive line. Before Dan came in, Cleet Fisher was working with uh, Milt with the offensive line. Um, it was just a different time, uh, and things were so dramatically different that it was not as big of an issue uh, in terms of how many reps this guy had because he'd had him in practice. He wasn't just standing around getting visual reps or whatever the, whatever Bill Callahan used to call them. Uh, Callahan's uh, lines were pretty decent though. I'll give him credit for that. <laughs> yeah. No, he was a really good offensive line coach. There's no question about that. 
Um, but he, he was always big on, you know, you didn't have as many stations. Um, and sometimes he'd say, he'd come and he'd say, let me step in here. And he'd step in and work with the offensive line. Bill is a really good offensive line, offensive line coach. There's no question. That's what, what he does in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mike, how many, how many programs still do the four station thing? I know times are different and you have different numbers. You've got limited contact. Is it really K-State and Alabama? Are those the only, are those the two last Last uh, program standing with, uh, with with possible contact and, and four station practices because I love the idea of the development and strings one through five. We're all getting work every day, all day for three years, and then now it's your time to step up through all your training. Well, it's it's more difficult in a lot of ways because again, the number of players you can have on your roster. Um, is impacted, and the number of guys that would stick around if they weren't uh, the front front guys up. So you, you've also got to have guys on defense to go line up against them. I mean, that's uh, it's a it's a numbers thing. So you know, I'll defer to you, but I would be surprised if anybody has four stations in practice now. You know, you just you just don't have the number of players and the willingness of players to stick around to do that, I don't think. And to add to that, whenever you're a 3-9 and nine football team like you're at Nebraska, like, I mean, I think you want to devote more time to your starters than you are to your, your third stringers and fourth stringers, despite the fact that they are the future. But uh, just to... Work on what, what's going to be there for you on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well pointed oh, yeah. out. Yeah, and, and Mike, no just to, to wrap here, talked a lot about the offensive line here. Now that we've got this this news of Nuruddin being out for the season, can you rate your confidence in the offensive line, maybe on an A to F scale? Oh, um, C plus. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, and and that, that's no disrespect to the guys that are there because I think they have guys that can be better, but we don't know. Like Teddy, we, we don't know. He, he's coming off injury. We don't know how things are going to be with him. Um, if everybody plays to their potential, what they can have, I think it's going to be better than that. But Babbers, you frozen, bud? Shoot. Hmm, Mike's frozen. That's no good. Mike. Shoot. Well, well, well pointed out from Mike Babcock, Hale Varsity, at MD Babs on Twitter. He's right. C-plus going in and uh, can always grade higher. Big thanks to Mike Babcock. We'll talk a little golf with Mike Shuart. Mitch Sherman's on the way. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Calling all soccer fans. Union Omaha is back home after an unbelievable showing in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup round of 16. An upset over Minnesota United? That's our team. So join them when they come home May 28th for Educational Outreach Night. Presented by Bellevue University. The Owls will face Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC and after a couple of road matches will come back on June 18th to face Greenville Triumph SC. It's also pride night we'll see you there and now and now back to hail varsity radio thanks for hanging out on a wednesday it's hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery chris schmidt elijah herbal will check in with 
Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf, in a moment. Shuey's got quite the aquatic center set up going on with the Wilderness Ridge. Of course, incredible golf. Team Jack golf tournament going on July 9th. Uh, a couple of weeks uh, away here uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, we will talk to Spencer Long on the road tomorrow as we are out at Haymarket Park. It is uh, Cornusker State Games Night at Haymarket Park. Dave Manerick and the crew celebrating the torch run as uh, we will be there 4-6 to six as you walk into Haymarket Park tomorrow, head of the Salt Dogs, but a uh, great time tomorrow night celebrating the Cornusker State Games, uh, Nebraska Sports Council, Dave Manerick and company, and also golf on our mind here with the Team Jack fundraiser and golf outing. Uh, reminder to get buckled up, uh, game preparation and repetition predict success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. This was incredible. I know you're still smiling, Elijah, with the College World Series and uh, Ole Miss winning it. I'm back in town after uh, that thing got closed out on Sunday. But this is uh, really cool. This is Coach Bianco. And and Ben McDonald, the, the, the great LSU pitcher and former top pick for the Orioles, tweeted this out. But it's it's a story here. It's a couple of minutes of your time that you want to hear. Uh, and, it, and it's titled, Packing Your Parachute. Captain Charlie Plum was a naval pilot in Vietnam. Captain Plum has flown 74 successful missions, but on his 75th mission uh, off an aircraft carrier, Kitty Hawk, uh, got shot down. And of course, as the plane's tumbling to the ground, he ejects and worried that the only thing between him and certain death is his parachute. He pulls the cord and uh, of course he feels the pull of the parachute. 90 seconds as he's floating to the ground. And the Vietnamese are still shooting at him, and he's pissed. He's like, my gosh, they just shot down a, a million, multi-million dollar plane, and now they're shooting at me. He got hit several times, but survived, but was captured by the Vietnamese. It was in a prison camp for 2,103 days. Think about that, 2,103 days. But he made it out, and years later, uh, he's in a small restaurant in Kansas City with his wife and another couple. And as they're sitting there enjoying their dinner, he looks over, two tables over, and there's a guy staring at him. And he looks, he's like, do I know that guy? Because I, I can't, the, name, the face doesn't look familiar. But the guy continues to stare at him. And finally, the guy that's staring at him gets up, walks over to his table. He says, you're Captain Plum. He said, yes, I am Captain Plum. He said, you flew jet planes. You're part of Top Gun off the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. Vietnam. You were shot down and spent six years in a prison camp. Captain Plum goes, my God, how do you know this? Grab him by the hand, pat him on the back. He goes, did I pack your parachute? Plum was gunfounded. How many days on that aircraft carrier did he walk by that guy and not say hi? How many times did he pass him? Because he was a jet pilot. He was Top Gun, and that guy was just a sailor. How many times did he walk down and see the parachutes being packed, but never thank them? Thank them for what they're going to do, which would later save his life. 
And so the message today is, hey, who packed your parachute? You didn't get to where you are alone. That is awesome. You have coaches that are incredible at X's and O's. You have coaches that are equally unbeaten when it comes to storytelling and motivation, button pushing. Then you have the combination of X's and O's and motivation, right? Like a Lombardi. You've seen it on NFL films. The, uh, the, the, the Packer sweep where you want that alley. You, you keep running. Run it again. You keep running it till it's perfection. Or you strive. Like Matthew McConaughey said for perfection, never ever able to attain it. But man, that's the goal. But with what uh, old Mrs. Coach... Bianco said there, who's packing your parachute? That's That was really, that hit home. That was cool. You got this legendary uh, Air Force pilot, uh, just uh, stand-up American, and and then you got to always, someone's always taking care of you. Mm. Someone's always been there every step of the way taking care of you. So who's packing the, packing the parachute? Let's give Shuey a shout. He's ready to go. But no, I saw that on social media, wanted to share it, and man, it's it's humbling, it's really cool, and uh, yep, you got to thank everybody. Someone's someone's there for you uh, all the time. Uh, you're never doing it alone. Uh, let's uh, get into some golf thoughts. Uh, we welcome in uh, PGA Pro and uh, tremendous man at, at uh, uh, Wilderness Ridge. Mike Shuart with us. Uh, Shuey, how how's the midweek? Uh, great weather for golf. I know you got uh, some leagues going on. Give us an update with Wilderness, bud. Thanks for the time. Yeah, we're hot and heavy into the middle of golf season. So we've had our junior golf divot dog competition. So we've been hot and heavy, man. We played uh, four matches in the last uh, eight days. So nice. We've been rolling with that. So they're doing fantastic. We got one tie and the rest wins. So that's always fun, always good. That is three zero and one's a good number, brother. That's a good number. So that's what we're used to. We want to keep that standard up. So uh, kids are doing awesome, having fun. It's a lot of fun to do. So um, we got outings going on we got leagues going on we got golf going on it sounds like golf season and our pool will open any day now so it's going to be very soon so people are going to be super excited to be able to get into that so they're getting some finishing things done with that and and uh, the lazy river and the swim up bar and the double loop slide and all kinds of stuff. Chewy, so. I will I will bring my snorkel and my beer bong and uh, <laughs> we will we will christen that that swim up bar. Uh, exactly. so you had the PGA commissioner Shuey come out and just kind of lay down the law like look, uh, paraphrasing, but I, I saw the clip of his response to the to the, the, the live tournament and you have Kepka now and, and more folks defecting do you, do you anticipate the PGA reworking and, and figuring out uh, better better earnings, better winnings? Do they have to make that response happen? I don't know. I, I know they don't want to, but uh, it's going to it's going to be very interesting. Like I said in the past, I think you got another probably 
six or eight pounds more than that when the Masters comes around. That's going to be the telltale, kind of what the Masters does, what they allow these guys to do, how strong of a position they hold and want to hold. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised that they're getting as many people to defect, but it's hard to turn down that money. I mean, it's a lot of guaranteed money that these guys are getting, and they have the money to pay them. So. No, they do, they do. Shuey, get us, uh, shoot us a tweet of of the swim-up bar, and uh, we will see you Saturday morning for the Team Jack outing. How's that sound? I know. I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be super fun. Looking forward to that. Mike Shuey with us, Wilderness Ridge. Shuey, thanks for making time, brother. You bet. Good talking to you. Stay safe. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Well, tomorrow, road show at Haymarket Park. Uh, reminder again, we are celebrating the Cornhusker State Games, the torch run. It's Cornhusker State Games night at Haymarket out there. Dave and Eric going to join us. Spencer Long, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. At, uh, we're at Haymarket. And uh, road show tomorrow. Some uh, creepy news here with uh, Deshaun Watson. In the wake of the New York Times article alleging that Watson met at least 66 women for massages and following the filing of 20, the 24th civil suit accusing Watson of sexual misconduct. He had the plaintiff's attorney. Now, 20 of the 24 have been been settled, right? Well, you have the plaintiff's attorney hints that more suits could be in the pipeline against the Cleveland quarterback who, remember, signed a lucrative $230 million guaranteed deal. There's there's lots of that $230 that's, that's guaranteed. The next cases that might be filed are people that his people met with and tried to bully into not filing the case. We'll see what happens. That's the Houston attorney, Tony Busby. Meanwhile, you have Baker Mayfield making some comments over the weekend that, you know, there's some work to do with you, Browns, to get me uh, back, to get me okay. I tried to play hurt, mistake, obviously. You have a torn labrum, even if it's not in your throwing shoulder. Completely affected Baker's ability. Uh, You're uh, three-quarters away from a Super Bowl berth just two years ago with an incredible O-line and running game and weapons at wideout, and a, a really good defense. I mean, Cleveland's put together. They took a, a bad step back last year with a tougher schedule, but a hurt quarterback. And listen, <laughs> Baker's agent won. He got you talked into taking him number one overall. Is he an exciting, fun quarterback? Absolutely. Is he a good ball player? For sure. Is he the type of guy that the teammates trust and believe in and will play for? That's the question because there's more and more murmurs. We started this thing off today with the P.J. Fleck uh, bash session by anonymous informer and well, even some current players anonymously weighing in on the real Fleck versus the camera Fleck. Well, just don't lie and don't be fake. It's <laughs> the moral of the story. And it goes without saying, if if you're Baker and your teammates, don't blame others if you're hurt or not playing. 
and it gets into business turning sour, doesn't it, Elijah? Baker's PO'd way back when, pre-injury, they didn't want to pick up his fifth-year option. I have no problem with them saying, you may not be our guy. Uh, in, in any world, go getting Watson for Baker's brilliant, except you've got a potential sicko psycho that you just traded for, allegedly. No proof other than what's out there. And I'm not going to judge other than there's way too much smoke for this just to be someone turning on their, their pit boss. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and... The, the 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 thing Cleveland did was they didn't think they had their Super Bowl quarterback in Baker, so they went and got a guy they thought could be. And that's and, and, on on and the field, yes. On the field, yes. But if he ever gets on the field, now you have rumblings that maybe the Seahawks looking to trade for Baker Mayfield. I mean, the the situation in Cleveland right now is just a mess. Absolutely is. And if you're stuck with Baker and you didn't pick up that option, oh, now we got to come back to you hat in hand. That'll go poorly. Mitch Sherman's on the way. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S in Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness and you do impactful work on a national scale make a difference their team's constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how many, uh, well, how many thermoses of water does Mitch Sherman usually pack for, uh, for youth baseball? Well, a single game, uh, uh, probably just, I'm not even going with a the thermos. Even on a night like tonight where... It's up above 90 degrees. Um, you know, hydrate all day. That's the key, Chris. Hydrate all day. That's what we tell the kids. And then I'll be good with like a 20-ounce or maybe a couple of 24-ounce little bottles. Uh, so no doubleheader, it's a different story. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what are we hydrating with? But knowing you, you're, you're, uh, you're firing up water. Uh, some Dasati, uh, maybe some Evian. Uh, you're, uh, you're much wiser than, than some of the baseball dads I know when, when we talk about hydrating. All day. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not drinking the hard stuff while I'm out there coaching first base. We'll save that for after the game. But, um, yeah, water and Gatorade's good. Coffee in the morning. 
There we go. Mitch, a uh, lot's happened since we last talked, so I want to dive into Maverick Noonan's commitment. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised, or, or did you have a pretty good feel that it may go Nebraska's way? It seemed to be trending that way after his visit to Stanford, just reading between the lines on some of the things that Maverick and Danny had said in the media. I can't say that I felt super confident about it uh, a few weeks ago. So at the start of June when Maverick was mapping out his visits and, and you know, he was going to go to a number of places, I thought it was pretty wide open. And you know that ultimately that pull to be close to home, um, you know, he was not a guy who was at all hesitant about following in the footsteps of his family. Um, his dad, of course, has a big name at Nebraska um, from back in the 80s and played in the NFL. And, you know, they play a similar position even on the defensive line. So, you know, Maverick has embraced that. And Maverick uh, developed uh, a strong relationship with Scott Frost and Eric Shenander. I think Nebraska did about as good of a job as it's done on a local player with Maverick Noonan in quite some time. Because when you have an offer like he did at Stanford and a mentor like he had in Harrison Phillips who used that offer and, and commitment to, to Stanford to turn himself into a longtime NFL player. There's an edge there and there's some knowledge about that school that, you know, I think could have been difficult for Nebraska to overcome, but, you know, he got done with this fairly early in the process. I mean, we're still a couple of months removed from Maverick's senior season. So, it uh, it went it went well, very well for Nebraska. I mean, if if you were going to draw things up with a, a master plan at the start of June, which is a huge period in recruiting now, that would have been you know one or two on the list of most important things that could happen in this month for Nebraska football in, in recruiting was to get Maverick Noonan as a part of this class. So obviously, there's another big one out there in state um, in Lincoln with Malachi Coleman, and you know that always, I believe, was going to take time. That is one where uh, he wants to see what happens with this season. And, uh, you know, that's understandable, mm-hmm. considering that his offers are even a few notches higher on the prestige scale in comparison to, uh, to what Maverick was looking at and, and that Malachi has the Georgias and Oklahomas of the world pursuing him. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, let's say there's there's eight in-state kids that are are deemed D1 worthy uh, in a given year. Sometimes there's more. This year feels like that it's right around that eight or nine uh, local Omaha Metro, Lincoln area, and even some central Nebraska or, you know, pick. Scott's Bluff. Scott's Bluff this year as well, and Scott's mm-hmm. Bluff, you know, four years ago with Garrett Nelson. So mm-hmm. th- let's let's find an average number. What what should Nebraska's batting average be in state? What's what's a fair and respectable number Nebraska should aim for? What's the goal, knowing that it's a different world, knowing Nebraska's not been what a lot of dads grew up with, and it's a far cry from what a lot of the kids have seen record wise and prestige and in stage wise. So I ask you, what's, what's a fair number Nebraskan coach Frost should be, be, um, be getting commits from in state. Well, the first thing I want to say is a hundred percent. I mean, okay. I, I, I know that's not, you said fair. So I'll, 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 I'll expand. 90. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. you, you, if you are the Nebraska that Nebraska strives to be, you don't miss 
on in-state kids. You don't, <laughs> you don't miss on evaluating them and deciding to offer because of the, of the roots that extend from Memorial Stadium into the high school programs around the state. They should have great knowledge of every potential Power 5 player in the state of Nebraska. And they should have the ability to appeal to all of them. Now, that's not realistic. I get it. There is going to be a kid um, like we saw with Xavier Watts a few years ago or like Micah Riley Ducker last year. And, and I don't think that Nebraska really ever stood a great chance with those players because of their desire to leave the state. So there are going to be those players. It's not going to be 100%. Even if Nebraska was winning national championships, I don't believe today – in 2022, the class of 23, 24, 25, that you would be looking at 100%. But you want to get as close to that as you can. And even in times where it isn't, Nebraska is not at the top of its conference or at the top of the country, um, the number one thing, the, number, the, the place that you have to start in looking to build back toward what your goal is, is within the own borders within the borders of your own state and in, in bringing the best players to Lincoln, the guys who are worthy of those, of those big 10 caliber offers. And yeah, this year is a, is a, um, is a banner year. Um, you have McIntyre in, in Fremont right now, who's committed to Oklahoma. Um, you have Zane Flores who did not have a Nebraska offer. Um, who's committed to Oklahoma State. He's at the Elite 11 Finals right now out in Los Angeles. And then otherwise, uh, Nebraska is doing, is doing what I think everyone in this state who is a fan of this program would hope that they're doing and that they're collecting those, those commitments. Now, you have two kids in Lincoln still with offers. Um, that, that I mentioned Coleman, and then there's also Benny Nagoy at Lincoln High, um, the receiver, um, so we'll see what happens with those guys, but um, it, it has definitely started off on a good good note, even um, with um, with McIntyre's decision to uh, to go to Oklahoma. He's another one in that category where I mentioned um, the two in, in recent seasons, who it just probably wasn't going to happen, and that's why. 100% isn't realistic. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, uh, uh, you look at the news here with New Ely uh, out for the year with the uh, the NCAA drug test. Uh, uh, Nuri came out, made a statement, got in front of it, controlling the message. Yeah. As you look at, at that guard position and, and knowing he had seven starts and had some experience from, from Colorado State, What's the gap right now with what was perceived his backup? And I, we, we know the names. You've got Williams, right? You've got uh, Lutowski. There's, there's Piper. There's still some musical chairs to figure out on the offensive line based on, hate, on, on health. But what's, what's the gap? Any idea, any projection on, all right, was, was Nuri's job going to be up for grabs anyway? Or... Uh, okay, he's going to start because of the experience factor. What what was the backup position going to look like? How how big a blow potentially is this aside from the experience standpoint? What's the talent differential? I think left guard was locked down. Um, if he if he had been uh, if he had been ready to go. Now the question is how long 
have, have the Nebraska coaches and Nuri had a sense that this could happen. Um, you know, I don't think he got the positive result back last last week and then announced it on the weekend. There's usually, um, you know, an appeal process or things that a player would go through before he was ready to say all options have been exhausted and I'm just going to announce this. And credit to, to Nuri, mm-hmm. um, for, like you said, for getting out in front of it. This thing could have been a hot mess if it had delved into, you know, lingered into August and, you know, while the coaches would have known and would have been preparing a, a replacement at left guard, um, publicly it would have looked a lot different than and, – and that matters. That matters. If, if, if we found out about this when Nebraska went to Ireland or in the days before, um, you know, it, it does – Graham, how things look – I think that is a key factor in the evaluation that Trev Alberts is going to make at some point in the fall of 2022 about where this program is at and what it needs moving forward. So it is much better for this news to come out in June and have everybody capable of taking a deep breath and recognizing that you know players make mistakes and it's how you handle those mistakes as a program and as individuals and as a position group like the offensive line, that 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 will determine, um, you know, the the true weight of of what this is all about. So there are there are definitely guys there, and you mentioned Lutovsky, you mentioned Ethan Piper, who had experience starting at left guard. There's Brock Bando, who uh, was was the right guard in the spring. Uh, Williams, Kevin Williams, the Omaha North grad, who is the transfer from Northern Colorado. Um, you know, they're all going to factor. I think maybe the, the, the biggest thing or the, the, the most important development potentially is what happens at, at right tackle. And do you have someone other than Turner Corcoran who can play that position? Um, and and is, is that is it Brant Banks? Could it be Bryce Benhart, um, who has experience starting there but really struggled a year ago? If one of those guys can step up and be your right tackle and allow Turner Corcoran to comes back from injury and he missed the spring along with the left tackle, Teddy Prohaska. If Turner can move inside, um, which, you know, has been on the minds of, uh, of this, you know, the, the powers that be on in the Nebraska offense since, since the off season began, if he can move inside and help you at guard, then I think the uh, new Ely uh, absence uh, suddenly becomes um, much easier to handle for this offensive line. Mitch, say you were working in Vegas and you had to set a favorite for who's going to be marching out at left guard in the opening series in Dublin. Uh, as you look at it right now, who do you think the, the most likely guy to fill Nuredine's uh, left guard spot is? I'd probably put Ethan Piper as the as the favorite because he's done it, and I think he would have been the top backup. I think I think if if Nuri had been eligible, uh, he start Nuri starts at left guard, and then Piper is is kind of your backup at left guard and your backup at center. Um, so now you're a little bit more thin at center because of um, the situation with with Nuri. Um, if Piper has to take over at left guard, then then um, obviously you don't have the kind of depth at center that you would like with Trent Hickson as the starter. Um, so I'd say I'd say uh, I'd say Piper. Um, you know, I'd put Lutowski and Corcoran um, as as possibilities too, and obviously that Corcoran. You know, Corcoran's probably the favorite at right tackle, but if if uh, 
Um, if one of the other guys that I mentioned, one of the other candidates at tackle can can step up, then and Corcoran can move inside, then then he's probably the guy with the highest ceiling. Um, as and, and or maybe he plays left guard and Bando comes, or maybe he plays right guard and Bando comes over and plays left guard. I don't know um, where they would target Turner uh, on the on the uh, which which guard spot suits him better because um, he, he's played both left tackle and right tackle. So um, you know that that's that's. Uh, those are conversations I'm not privy to at this point. You, you've got Big Teddy at left tackle, hoping that he's good to go post injury, and, and that's he'll be fine. Or it sounds like he could be fine physically, but the mental hurdle uh, with that is potentially an issue. I mean, you've talked to athletes long enough to know that it might take them a while to feel good being back to normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunter Anthony, um, at, you know, the, the transfer in from Oklahoma State has some, some experience. So say he gets comfortable, and then you can do your shuffling with, with where you think Corcoran can go, be it inside of the guards. Uh, do you think it's, it's Hickson's job to lose at center, or are they still figuring that out? Yeah, I think it's his job to lose. Okay. You know, and, and I think he was going to battle a little bit with Piper in the – in the fall, um, it, you know, but now again, you're probably going to need Piper at guard and in some you know, either either as a starter or, or as a swing guy to back up both starters. So, yeah, I mean, you you kind of go all in, I think, with uh, with uh, Trent Hickson at center right now, and and you hope that works and you hope that he stays healthy. So, uh, that's you know, that's not it's not a great. It sure would be nice to have Cam Jurgens, but you know that that's. Uh, <laughs> That's long gone at this point. It'd be nice to have Grant uh, Wistrom too, as, as long as we're just throwing just out slightly far, far more removed than than Cam Jurgens. No, first I know Grant Wistrom does not have uh, did not have any kind of eligibility for twenty twenty two. No, he like did Cam not. But, uh, but no, but Cam is is uh, in nice uh, in a nice position in the NFL. So. Uh, with the Eagles, but uh, uh, that would have been a good one for Rayola to have. And, and as it stands, I think he's going to be thin at center. Um, it would be interesting to see if, in fact, Ethan Piper ends up starting at a guard spot, who they look to as a backup at center. And, you know, there's there's uh, there's somebody on the roster there. It's just uh, not sure who that is at this point. Well, we got to come up with the all who would you bring back for one season segment uh, with Mitch Sherman. Who are you drafting now? I love it. Yeah, first of all, I would bring back number 93 on defense in the middle. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's one season. Yeah, but, let's, uh, let's get soon. <laughs> Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, last thought: College World Series. Uh, what's your take on on Old Miss's run? It looked we were uh, we were out of town, but it looked just incredible that uh, well the, the Grove found its way to, to downtown Omaha. Yeah, uh, like a year ago. Um, the state of Mississippi represented in, in Omaha in an amazing way. Um, probably no fewer than 20,000 Ole Miss fans. They did. They turned, they turned uh, North Downtown into the Grove. Um, and that was uh, – I, I thought it was amazing, and it was, what the Mississippi State fans did last year as their team rolled to the, to the championship. But Mississippi – uh, Old Miss, they they did it just as good, and they were, it was it was fun to see because, you know, while Mississippi State has been uh, a familiar face at the College World Series and you know had always come up short, but 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 was there often. Old Miss, uh, you know, one one trip in the last couple of decades. You're talking about 2014, and and then you've got to go back, I believe, into the 90s. Um, it was once, once with Coach Mike Bianco, um, and that was in 2014, and he's been there since '01. So, great, great story there with the coach, by the way, and and with that team, and how Ole Miss won just seven of its first 21 SEC games this year, and then turned it on um, with a talented and experienced team, and was clearly playing the best baseball in the country in the postseason. You know, it's. It's a, a story that I think coaches around the country are going to point to in years to come when their teams are scuffling in March and April. Um, they're not all going to be as talented as Ole Miss, and very few of them, if any, are going to come back and win the national championship. But the lesson to be learned there, and, and, and I think this is just, this is just a, um, you know, a reality in baseball, is that it's a long season and there's time to uh, – you know, to turn things around. Just because you're playing poorly at one point of the season doesn't mean that it has to end that way. So Ole Miss and, and uh, Mike Bianco and Tim Elko and, and uh, Dylan DeLucia, the, the star pitcher in, in Omaha, um, you know, they, they, uh, they deserve a lot of credit for what, uh, what that team did this year. Mitch Sherman with the Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, take care. Get a win tonight. Thanks for a few minutes. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Good to spend time with Mitch. Some thoughts there on Ole Miss and some great stuff on the Husker offensive line projections and potential. Also, Mike Babcock streamed with us earlier. You can find both of those uh, on uh, ESPN Lincoln On Demand. Also, the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe to us uh, for the daily pod on Hale Varsity Radio. And for, for good measure, get signed up for Hale Varsity magazine and digital get yourself a yearbook and then get signed up com backslash subscribe so a couple of pressing questions first and foremost we hit on it with mitch for a little bit if we're playing fantasy football right think about uh the movie and uh the the moment where we're watching kevin costner and in in james earl jones Think about Field of Dreams Mm -hmm. and think about picking up Archie on the side of the highway so we can go get that one at bat. Well, we got into it a little bit with with Mitch Sherman. You know, what what Husker would you bring back for one season? And he nailed it. And I don't know if, if it's everyone's vote, 
But but Sue was a difference maker. Sue was a scary ball player, and Sue was incredible. Is is there a is Sue unanimous at least in the in the last fifteen years? He's got to be. Doesn't he? Him or Levante? Him, Levante, or, or maybe one of those running backs. But you got to you got to lean Sue or, or Levante. It's got to be one and two. Prince could have a, a good argument as well, but. If, if we're just limiting ourselves to 15 years, it's got to be Sue. All time, it, it, there's a lot more yeah, You have a 15-year window and then all time. I think you got to go with one of the Peter brothers or, dare I say, Lawrence Phillips, just from a from a difference maker. If we're, What are we looking at right now for Nebraska? Who the hell is going to snap the football? Uh, Dave Remington is always uh, an, an option. Uh, Aaron Taylor was great. Speaking of guard play. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Graham, phenomenal. So there's there's a lot of Huskers that you can thumb through there. What quarterback, what pass quarterback would you drop into the, the Frost era for this, this offense, for the Whipple offense, where it is pocket-centric? Zach Taylor or Joey Gann's got to be in there. I think Turner Gill can play in any offense. Just what I remember from Turner. I mean, Eric Crouch is a Heisman winner, but I'm not sure I'd drop him into this offense. Here, well, Crouch's forte was running the option. And, and listen, I know he wasn't a great thrower, but I thought he was good. And when, when the terms were Crouch and play action, he was really good. He, he, he was a really good throwing quarterback. It, it turned out, though, like most quarterbacks, when they know you're throwing it, and all hell breaks loose off the edge. No one looks any good. Even Tom Brady, when you get pressure at his feet, he's erratic. He's worried about the other knee. That's how the Broncos beat him. Yeah. A couple times. It, that's exactly how the Broncos got after him and the Giants mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl, right? It was Strahan in, in pressure. I mean, how the, that's, you could just tell the, Ram, the Rams got him this year, too, with Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and, and Moore coming off the edge. That's how the, the Rams, that's how really anyone beats Tom Brady. You get some well, that's how you, that's how you beat, beat quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. back to Sue. Yes, he is the unanimous. Give me Sue, uh, and, and that's it. What about uh, if you go back even further? Do you think Rozier would, would work in a modern college football? Absolutely. He was great. He was so tough. He was so fast. He could dodge you, and he could finish off runs. Just a, a great, great ball player. He had incredible talent around him and an incredible offensive line, but he made those around him better. He was the star amongst stars. So absolutely, Rozier could could do it. Do you see his high? You remember seeing highlights? Oh of him? yeah, of course. I mean, everyone's seen that that video of him crossing back and, and forth across the field before scoring the touchdown. I think against <coughs> UCLA. UCLA. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't want to be wrong though. Mm. Uh, so everyone's seen that high. I mean, Mike Rozier's a, a Husker legend, obviously winning the Heisman here. If you do that, you're going to be a legend. But uh, I don't actually have the uh, the. Uh, the fortune of being able to watch him on a play-by-play basis, game in, game out, which I, I believe you did have the opportunity to do that. So Yeah, well, and that's Paul Feinbaum's got to pull a question up. What made you the fan of the team you're at right now? What made you a fan of your favorite team? And to me, it was, you know, growing up in, in Nebraska, it was watching Rogier. It was watching Gill. It was watching Fryer. It was that scoring explosion team that's, Wow, almost uh, it'll be their 40th anniversary season next next year. 
Let that sink in for a moment. But that's what my dad loved. He loved that 83 team. And there's still VHS tapes in my mother's basement of that season. My dad had tape. Uh, Taped the Oklahoma game. Taped the Heartbreak 84 Orange Bowl. I mean, all of those. And that's what I grew up watching. And most of it was good. And then you had the Orange Bowl with Bernie Kosar and his nose hair. Uh, that was that was a little rough to go to go for two games. It's an interesting question though from Paul Feinbaum. What made you a fan? Because I usually it's vicinity. I go. I, go uh, I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. I really sure. didn't have another choice. Well, no, and, and a lot of it is where you were born. And there's and that's the biggest question over the weekend I got from other folks. Dude, what's it like not having a pro sports team? Well, kind of do. <laughs> you kind of do with Nebraska football, and it's not just. I mean, it's, it's national, but it's also, I mean, it's your state birthright. Uh, if you're a Nebraska football fan, you grew up with it, you remember it. I mean, even my, my friends from around here that went elsewhere for college, they, they didn't. They still claim Nebraska. That's their, that's their team they root for. They didn't give a damn what TCU did last year or what Northwestern <laughs> did last year, Ole Miss in football. Everyone cares what Nebraska did last mm-hmm. season, regardless of where you went to school. And I know that's a factor for a lot of people. Oh, I went off to school here, and then their football team was good, and I've been a fan ever since. And that's not how it works here around here in Nebraska. That's what's unique about this place. It is. When you think of some pro teams, listen, man, you've always liked Denver, but that's because you're, you're a Nebraska kid, and one of the closest pro teams is is Denver for you. It's yeah. probably one of the first teams you visited. Yeah, and I got I got family in Denver, so that, that makes it I an mean, easy choice. I didn't want to show up to family reunions and be the one Chiefs fan. Uh, <laughs> or, or wearing the Red Wings jersey <laughs> and then get pummeled. Now, and, and like for me as a kid, it was, it was vicinity. I mean, uh, some of my earliest memories was going to, to football games, but also going to Royals games, mm. seeing George Brett. And even the the first trip to Wrigley, I wouldn't say I was a diehard Cubs fan, but after being at Wrigley, watching Andre Dawson, yeah. I mean, you were either a Cubs or a Braves fan, because I was your after-school babysitter. It was WGN or TBS. Baseball was on, so it was pretty good. Uh, as far as NFL, I mean, Chiefs are Denver. Uncle Dave, he's a huge Packer fan. So I always kind of took a little bit of an interest in Green Bay, followed them to either to give him crap or, or, or oh, wow, that Farvin Rogers guy, they're pretty good. And, uh, and you've also had a soft spot for the Dolphins dating back to the, the yeah, Dan Marino years. Yeah, big time, dude. It was, um, but yeah, no, I loved, I loved Marino. I mean, that's also, like, I, I, love, I remember watching the Monday night game where, the world is all over the, the 85 Bears and their vaunted defense, and there's the Fridge, and then there's Singletary, there's Dewerson, there's Hampton, McMichael. I mean, the 85 Bears were nuts. They were great. And they had Walter, and then they had McMahon. And, and then there, it's Monday Night Football, and here comes Dan Marino and lights up. That's the only loss the 85 Bears had were the Dolphins, and immediately call me bandwagon, but I'm going to plead the fifth here and say I was eight, so shut up. <laughs> but I loved watching Marino do his thing, and I, I loved watching him throw bombs to the, the two marks, Duper and Clayton, and they were on Monday Night Football a lot. They were we'd make bets in junior high. I had everybody in the world was Bo Jackson fan, so you know I remember watching uh, the the Raiders Dolphins and he's bet you chocolate milk that the Dolphins win. What's the line? Three and a half done. Here's three and a half. Well, 
Bo Jackson goes off. So, no, it's it's a it's a fun topic, but most of it's where you were born or family. See, the the one that's not that for me is my my love for Tottenham Hotspur football team or the soccer team in England. I picked them because. First off, they had Gareth Bale back in FIFA 11, and I wanted him on my uh, my career mode, building the team. And then also their logo was a cockerel and ball. So okay. just that made middle school Elijah laugh. That yes, uh, <laughs> in in, in uh, the old school movie, you know, Will Ferrell's line for sure. Uh, Jock Docs on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, how we doing? Hey, I'm great, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. Doing well. Back in town and... Uh, back from baseball, uh, back from a uh, doubleheader last night. Uh, on the sideline, unfortunately, is is Bryce Harper. And he got plunked, uh, busted his thumb, and uh, underwent surgery today to, to stabilize it. Dr. Brandon, let's talk about busting a thumb and, man, having to, having to do surgery versus just putting a splint on. That's got to be a pretty severe breakage, doesn't it, for surgical intervention? Yeah, absolutely. You know, poor fella. That's uh, pretty impressive to take a 97-mile-an-hour fastball off your thumb, and obviously the end result is a fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the, the big issue here with these always is is there a potential that maybe you could treat this non-operatively, you know, versus you go the surgery route, uh, you know, from an operative perspective. Most of the time with that, you're going to obviously you're going to get them back probably faster. You're probably going to mobilize them faster. It's less cast time. And so as a professional athlete, they tend to lean more in that direction, especially when it comes to kind of hand fractures in that population versus the rest of us who are not doing professional sports and consider doing the non-operative route, um, you know, avoid the surgical risk, if you will. Um, obviously, it depends on where the fracture is. There are certain areas in the thumb where it's kind of, the right answer is always to do surgery on it, depending on if it's into the joint region. So if it's the part of the thumb that makes up one of the you know three joints along the thumb, then typically with the displacement that occurs there, you need to fix those. And that's probably the scenario he's dealing with here. Um, I think the big debate for him is going to be, they already are talking about, you know, can he make it back by the end of the season? It's kind of mid, almost mid-season at this point. I still think that's a, a possibility for him, uh, but it will definitely take some kind of good luck along the recovery course to get there. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Uh, we're talking Bryce Harper and thumb surgery after taking one off the thumb. And Philly's being very vague about the, the timeline, Dr. Brandon. And can you get into worst-case scenario severity? I mean, can we go there uh, as as part of this undetermined timeline? You don't want to be wrong and give false hope, but... 
is there a worst case that, that would keep him out? I mean, what, what type of breakage are we talking? What type of fracture uh, exists out there that you've seen uh, when it comes to, to keeping a guy out that long? And, and clearly, when it comes to catching, when it comes to throwing, and, and obviously holding a bat, you, your thumb's major for all parts of that with baseball. Yeah, you know, great question, Chris. As you think about that, kind of going back anatomically to this area, um, as you think about the thumb, the, predominantly the majority of fractures that occur here, it's uh, there's you know there's the direct impact type fractures, which is really kind of what this one is, um, and those tend to impact kind of along that. If you think about kind of where your knuckles are and your fingers, if you kind of go to the same spot of your thumb, it's called the metacarpal phalangeal joint (MCP joint). Um, that's typically where we'd see these, especially with kind of a direct impact. Obviously, you could also see it kind of over the tip of the thumb, uh, but typically those towards the tip of the thumb are. are typically non-operative. Um, so my assumption here would be his would be more towards that kind of knuckle region, the MCP region, or even further back if you get kind of more of a stretching injury on the thumb with this kind of fastball. You can actually fracture at the base of the thumb, kind of where it connects onto the bones and the wrist. Maybe more what we call kind of the CMC joint. Um, so that's kind of anatomically what we're dealing with. When you think about, you know, from a surgical perspective, a couple of ways to fix these, whether it's putting in little pins that then later need to come out versus you actually put on a little tiny plate with some screws to fix this. Obviously, it all depends on kind of the extensiveness of the injury. Um, but if you're looking at that from a you know kind of recovery standpoint, what is kind of worst case scenario with those things? You know, it could be eight to twelve weeks before he comes back. Um, if this is a fracture that potentially extends into like one of the joint surfaces and has kind of multiple small pieces in the area, that's kind of a much longer recovery, much slower in terms of when you can let them get aggressive with rehab. Versus if it's kind of one solid fragment or maybe two solid fragments, you can fixate that pretty well and, and allow some early motion with that with some surgical intervention. And then you are maybe thinking about that kind of eight week window. Six weeks is probably pretty aggressive to get back. To professional sports, maybe more eight to ten weeks is a possibility. We're talking with Brandon Seifert, uh, Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. There's your timeline. There's your thoughts on Bryce Harper and in, in his injury. How about just grip strength when it comes to holding a bat? Uh, you're going to have surgery. Great. You're going to rehab it. You're going to rest it. Could there be lingering effects, Doctor Brandon? Uh, with with his with his power uh, even into next year. Yes, uh, that could be a big issue from a grip perspective, especially when you think about you know one just the mobility of the thumb joint itself. It's pretty impressive versus the rest of the fingers. Um, you think about how much you know kind of power and, and grip strength is generated from that region. Uh, so that definitely could be part of the issue. You know, how does that look long term? You know, within a year, I would anticipate him getting pretty darn close back to normal from a strength perspective. Uh, but in that first, you know, kind of basically three to four months back, this is going to be super sensitive. Grip strength will be a little different. Um, and then you think about you know, your ability to kind of you know, grab the bat and that strength kind of going through that full swing. It's going to be a little tough, and he'll look a little different, most likely coming out of the gate with this injury. But there's also kind of just the sensitivity factor, which is pretty significant with these. You know, obviously, you start taking a ball off the handle with an injury like this, and that does not feel great, at least initially. Dr. Brandon, uh, as we, we look at Bryce and where he was at, we're talking, uh, you know, it's clockwork for him. Uh, before the All-Star break, right around that 15 to 17 home run number, right around 50 RBI, batting average around 315. So he's uh, always doing his thing. One of the the best in baseball, an MVP candidate. Uh, Do you notice, at least in some of the the different athletes you've treated, 
or you've seen have hand injuries. Uh, I asked this about the, the knees, right? Or say you got a foot issue. Is it common to have, I don't know, some fear with, um, with, with getting air quote back to normal uh, for, for baseball players when they do have hand, hand injuries? Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially with the scenario that happened in this case, you know, you take a 97 mile fastball off your hand, obviously that's going to have an impact on your psyche when you first start out. You know, one, just in general, getting back in the box and having a traumatic injury happen from, you know, taking a baseball off of Syria. Uh, but then also the fear of how's this thing going to feel when you hit or, you know, having the confidence that you know, you're going to get out of the way if another ball comes in that direction. That does play a role. I think that's a big part of this. I think over time, you know, we really see those, like a lot of the injuries, we'll see those athletes kind of grow through that and redevelop that kind of confidence and that aggressiveness again, especially at the plate. Uh, but there's definitely kind of a growing period there that does take a while to get, get that back. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a, Jock Doc Wednesday and Bryce Harper are topic today. Dr. Brandon, uh, we will tell you to have a great 4th of July and uh, enjoy time with family and friends, my friend. And are you going to sneak out to the golf course? You're going to be too busy shooting fireworks. <laughs> We've got to do some moving this weekend. So really? I'm probably going to, yes, we're going to probably miss out on the miss out on the golf stuff this weekend but hey i gotta put a plug in for you congrats on sportscaster of the year that's just fantastic buddy always appreciate the job that you do so that's pretty amazing well we love you guys and thanks for your support as always dr brandon you and dr tavis and and of course dr woodhead and the great folks at nebraska orthopedic and you know what it was it was a good weekend it was a fun weekend uh with family to to celebrate and uh, you know what? We'll uh, we'll keep on doing our thing, man. It was it was a good time. Uh, well deserved, my friend. You take care. Like what you hear, high quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do: ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for ten dollars off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time on a Wednesday, it's Hale Varsity. Roadshow tomorrow. We invite you out to Haymarket Park. It is Cornhusker State Games Night as the torch run being celebrated and uh, Cornhusker State Games, another phenomenal uh, year of Cornhusker State Games getting kicked off. So we're at Haymarket tomorrow, 4 to 6. Come see us. Come watch Salt Dog Baseball. Uh, We'll check in with Spencer Long for Team Jack. And we'll also run down the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Uh, we may have a Kaz sighting, a Dolman sighting Friday, and we are working, at, we're efforting um, Searles as well. Now, are you sticking around for the game tomorrow night as well? Because I know that Will and I had a bet on the Tampa Bay Lightning and Colorado Avalanche series, and the, the, the victor received 
free beer, free whatever they wanted. Where's the, night the 20 out at? Salt Dogs game. The, the 20 has been confiscated by somebody. Somebody's claimed it. Will? It wasn't me. I'm not sure. Works? Okay. I'm not sure, but Will $20 now. $20 bill in Elijah's production room has been there for most of the year, and it's now gone. Yeah, I, I know it wasn't me. Okay, that's fine. I believe could, could have been Brian. Into your, into your pockets, but let me think. But so, uh, but so, well, yeah, Will yeah. does owe me a, a night out at the Salt Dogs, and I, I believe we might be heading out tomorrow. So maybe okay. we can dirty you, you into getting a free beer or something. As well. well, no, I I would <laughs> gladly buy both of you a beer. Here's the problem: the Junior has base doubleheader against Creighton Prep. Oh, that's a big one too. Tomorrow night, yeah, at uh, at five thirty. So. That's where I'm leaning as soon as... No, that, that makes a lot more sense. Six o'clock view, yeah. strikes. But it is against Creighton Prep, so he may be watching both. <laughs> so that's... Uh, sorry, Junior. That's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> they may be playing Creighton Prep. He may be watching Creighton Prep Southwest. Yeah. He did come in and pitch last night. I mean, we're almost getting to the end of Legion season here, are we not? Well, it's, we have- it's weird. This is the first time in... Forever, we don't have any any baseball for the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to round up some golf. We got a free weekend. I'm trying to round up uh, some friends to do a case race. Case race? Oh, beer cases? Yeah, where you, uh, you get two friends, you and a friend get a case of beer, and it's a race with your friends who also have a case of beer to see you can finish the case first. Okay. <laughs> in, in one sitting. Uh, no, there's some some eligible draft picks for sure. Brennan tweeted in, Nate Swift is the one Husker he wants to bring back for a season. You can pick any Husker. Who's the Husker you uh, you want to extend some eligibility to? I think uh, unanimous in, in this studio at Sue. Mitch Sherman was right on the money with that. Uh, I no, I'm I'm figuring. I'll figure out. I got to figure out if if he's playing. If I can get there for the second game, or I just spend the night at the ballpark since I'm not driving up early. I'll miss part one of the game. I'm excited though. I want to see. Dave and Eric and Cornusker State games. It'll be fun to be out at Haymarket tomorrow. But yeah, no. See, you and Will get give Hooksy a ring and let's get some golf going. Okay. I mean, agenda is this: pool, mm-hmm. golf, mm-hmm. grill. That's it. That's that's. I, I don't have to travel anywhere. I'm I'm thankful for the travels we've been on. I'm excited to just sit here. Mama's working, so she's out of the picture. All right. And uh, and Junior might be umping. I don't know. So it could be a great weekend. Just me and the pups. Uh, Tomorrow, come see us at Haymarket Park. Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.